Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, sign up for a premium membership. Uh, you can get all of my NHL and Bruins writing sent directly to your inbox via email and read it right away there. Uh, I also cover uh, write columns after every Bruins game for Boston Sports Journal, home to Greg Bedard, Mike Giardi, and a, a lot of talented people. So go check that out as well. With me today uh, is the Boston Herald, Steve Conroy. Uh, we should also have the Boston Globes, Kevin Paul Dupont here at some point. Uh, we'll see if he pops in and when he pops in. But Steve, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely. Uh, let's thank our sponsors real quick too. FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, right now, customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So just download the app. It's really easy to use. Uh, you can use it for spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston uh, and get going with your wagers on the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA. And amazingly, if you bet on the Patriots to win last night, you actually won money for once this year. Uh, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, a number sponsor of the show, uh, ready-to-eat meals in two minutes dietitian approved delicious uh made by chefs you throw them in the microwave for two minutes and they're ready uh you can get all kinds of stuff keto calorie smart vegan everything else um head to factormeals.com slash hags 50 and use code hags 50 to get 50 percent off your first box all right let's get right into it steve um we're coming off a three to one loss for the bruins against the sabers last night uh, I would qualify this one as a dud, a stink bomb, uh, anything you want to call it. Uh, I, I'd put it up there with the loss to Columbus uh, in Columbus as probably the two worst performances I've seen from the team this year, just as far as effort, um, you know, will to win, any of that stuff, urgency, all those things. And and these are going to happen from time to time uh, with the NHL schedule, obviously, but um, just what you thought in a three to one uh, loss where uh, Jim Montgomery was calling out the life and the energy of the team afterwards and, you know, basically saying they barely even they never even got to average hockey that they were playing in that game. Yeah, I, th- I thought his, his best quote was we went from awful to poor and I never thought we got to average. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, you can almost set your you watch to it, you know. The second half of back-to-backs can t- can be tough, but so can what, especially for this team. For some reason or another, when they have three or four days off, they they come out you know flat as can be. But still, you 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 keep waiting for 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 them to turn the corner in a game. When they uh, got the first penalty, you go okay, they're gonna kill this. Then they're gonna gain momentum, and then they'll be on their way. Didn't happen. They make it to. Uh, you know, the first intermission, zero, zero, 
you think, okay, they're going to wake up now. Nope, just never happened. The only yeah. goal they got was, you know, frankly, a, you know, a, a lucky bounce. Um, and, you know, they they were in the zone a lot, I thought. And I thought Levi played pretty well, but he, he didn't did. have to be spectacular. He didn't yeah. have to be great. You know, the you know, give Buffalo credit. You know, they they kept them to the outside. They didn't get a allow a lot inside the house, and you know they earned the victory. And give uh, Connor Clifton some credit. Uh, he yeah. made some good plays in this game. I'm certainly, I have no doubt he was motivated going against uh, the team that you know decided they couldn't afford to keep him um, at a higher price tag and wanted to show them what they were missing and. He makes a great play, uh, you know, coming down towards the net on a net drive and then finding Tage Thompson in the middle for an absolutely scorched one-timer. And then I, I thought which, which, what was the key sequence in the game was in the third period when the Bruins had the puck around the Buffalo net and they were scrambling and it looked like they might score. And uh, Clifton absolutely buried Kevin Shattenkirk in front of the net, uh, just sent him flying. The puck gets cleared, and then Olafson goes down and scores the insurance goal to make it three to one. And it was right after that happened. And I thought that sequence was, you know, that's where the game was won or lost. Never mind pulling the goalie and and everything else. And you know, you hate to say it, like there are times I feel like this year, even though Connor Clifton was a bottom pairing defenseman. Uh, and he was a guy, certainly, they weren't even willing to go to the links that Buffalo did, you know, for a few million dollars a year to to keep him. But I think there's been times this year where they've missed a Connor Clifton type player that will clear bodies and bury people in front of the net at times, will play physical, and will play a little bit on the edge and brought a level of toughness that uh, was subtracted to this team. And they haven't been able to replace it, especially on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some nights... And you know they're going to be without Forbit for the next month. Um, some nights, you know that that Forbit Chat and Kirk pairing looked okay. Other nights, is like you know, let's it's like let's see what Ian Mitchell can do, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know it, it hasn't been great. Uh, and and Chat and Kirk played twenty two minutes last night too. He played yeah, a lot last yeah. night. Yeah, well, I mean, he picked up a lot of time on that that six on five there. He um, did. But yeah, it's uh, you know he made a, Clifton make it made a great play on that goal. You know, the, the, he and Van Reemsdyke were were going <laughs> different directions, and he Clifton knew where the puck was and knew what he wanted to do with it. You know, I mean, it was tough for the Bruins, you know, in their financial situation to to you know you know match what Buffalo could could match could yep. could pay Clifton, um, and. Frankly, the 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 playoff that he had last year made it a little easier to walk away. Yeah, you know they miss him right now. They do, and and you know let's be fully transparent. Clifton's not exactly tearing it up with Buffalo either this year. I don't think no, he's having no, a he's not. great season with them as well. No, this was just he had a really good game, I thought, and and he made a difference a few different times uh, in that game last night for the the Sabres to win and kind of put on display some of the things that he did very well for the Bruins, not consistently, but he would show flashes where he would do these things. Uh, and it made him effective uh, for long stretches. Um, interesting that uh, Jim Montgomery decided last night, and the organization, frankly, I'm sure this was an organizational decision, uh, decided last night was the night to to put uh, Matt Potra up on the ninth floor, have him watch a game. Um, I fully endorse this, and I think it's the right thing to do is pick your spots to kind of give him some rest or 
um, you know, let him see from upstairs uh, what he's watching on the ice and let him take a breath and sort of, you know, hit a little bit of a reset button. Um, but I, I also think it, it's funny when he's not in the lineup, I do think you notice that you miss some of the puck possession that he brings and some of the dynamic offensive ability that he brings, even if it at times lately uh, hasn't always been there because he's, you know, you, you've got to be careful about a 19 year old sort of, you know, hitting that wall during a long NHL season. So I understood why they do it. And I think it's the right move to do that intermittently during the season. But I also think given the personnel that they have up front, especially offensively, they miss him when he's not in the lineup. Yeah. It says a lot about where this team is that they're that reliant on a 19 year old kid to play center for them. Um, but you know, it, you know, it's, I guess this is the way of the future. Uh, you know, Anaheim, you know, kind of led the way with Carlson. They they took it to the extreme. Um, I thought that was a little too much, but you know, yeah. looks like this is got what teams are going to do now with with eighteen and nineteen year old kids. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn into a load management situation across the NHL. Uh, that's that's, that's trend that we certainly that phrase. Yeah, that, that's certainly what it sounded like <laughs> last night, right? For, yeah. for Patra. Yeah. It did, but like I also think, you know, I we've seen that before though, right? With 19-year-old kids when they're in the NHL that teams will, you know, pick their spots to have them sit upstairs and and sit for a game and I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Um it just it 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 was interesting to me that Matt Potra scratched and then all of a sudden they're getting outshot 19 to 6 in the first period and they look completely flat uh on the ice. Score early. This NFL season with FanDuel. You know it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math. and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. So easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Uh, let's obviously get to, you know, I th- what I think might be the biggest development from last night. Uh, Charlie McAvoy uh getting injured upper body injury on a reverse hit elbow it looked like from jj paterka as they were both going for the puck he leaves the game uh doesn't return uh they term it an upper body afterwards and don't really have any kind of an update which you know that causes that raises the concern level a little bit especially with a player like charlie mcavoy that's had some concussion issues in the past um how concerned are you about this and you know i think Honestly, of the players that the Bruins have, I think McAvoy is one of those guys they absolutely cannot, you know, survive for a long period of time without in this lineup. I think they're extremely reliant on him at this point with this roster this season. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's concerning. Um, you know, I, when when he went out of the lineup with the um, uh, with the suspension, you were waiting for okay, maybe this is the moment where Lindholm you know grabs the reins and plays like he did did last year. I think he's playing better right now than he he had been. Um, but you know they're going to need a lot from him, from him if if McAvoy is going to be out of the lineup. As far <clears throat> as far as whether it was a dirty hit or not, I've looked at it a bunch of times, and I really can't tell to be honest with you because I mean obviously the elbow comes up, but the elbow is going to come up when you're going to make a hit like that. And did it, did he catch it with the elbow? Or it's really hard to tell. Yeah, it is, and I mean I for me I, I think they could have caught because the elbow was raised. And it caught him in the face. I think you definitely could have called an elbowing minor penalty for sure. And nobody, I think, would have squawked too much about it on the ice. But I also think that's a hard one for the refs to see, you know, when they're both converging on the puck like that and there's so much going on. That can be a difficult one to watch, especially if you're watching more of the puck than you're watching what the guys are doing to each other as they're getting you converging into it. I don't do I think that's a suspension level play? No, I don't. I uh, you know, I think it could have been maybe called a minor elbowing penalty on the ice cuz he definitely did raise the elbow up and players have to be, you know, responsible for, you know, if their elbows are going up what happens after the fact. But I, I don't think there was a lot of malicious intent. I think that was two players that were competing for the puck and it was a guy in JJ Paterka that probably was bracing for McAvoy to lower the boom on him, you know, given the kind of physical player that he is. So, you know, I it's just one of those unfortunate things where McAvoy was a little low going in and he was right at elbow level and caught it right in the face. And um, as far as the loss goes, uh, him being out of the lineup or anything like that, I think that is a concern, a major concern, just given the state of the Bruins defenseman core right now. Like I, I think Brandon Carlo has been their best defenseman uh, from beginning to, uh, to now most yeah. consistent best defenseman all year um McAvoy has been very good uh, but I think he's had ups and downs I think he's still a minus player for the season uh he had a really rough stretch when they went through the losing streak uh Hampus Lindholm has been very much up and down this year more down than up I think and has not been as good as he was last year at all um you know my concerns about him are not only um that he doesn't seem as aggressive offensively and I know that could be tied into them not having as much puck possession and sort of the defensemen just aren't in good positions to create offensively or to take risks as much as they were uh, last year with such a loaded lineup. But I also think he's just not really skating as well as he did last year either. Uh, He seems to be chasing things a little bit more and uh, he's on pace to have over a hundred penalty minutes. He's taken a lot of penalties too. Uh, There's just a lot of things going on with him where I, I don't know that he's in a position to really step up and be that guy this year. Uh, if McAvoy is out for an extended period, but it's going to come down to him and it's probably going to come down to a player like Mason Lowry um, to really step up and play big minutes and try to make more of an impact as well. And I think there's a real question uh, if any of these guys are going to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Lowry looked like the same guy who went down to Providence. You know, he showed us the flashes in the offensive zone uh, and defensive zone. He still needs work. Um, Yeah. it's a huge blow, especially with Forbit out in and Forbit and in McAvoy, two completely different players, but they have their roles. Um, yep. And we saw last night in the the six on five how much they missed them. You know, it's you know Shattenkirk is a smart offensive player, 
but you know he he can't you know take the puck down low and circle around the net like uh, like McAvoy can do. So you know if he's going to be out, it's it's a major issue, and and it's a this is a major juncture in this in the Bruins season if that's the case. It is, and you know both Forbert and McAvoy, big physical defensemen, even though they're very different kinds of defensemen, and if you subtract two big physical defensemen from a back end that's not overly big or physical uh, in the way that they play, uh, that, that is absolutely 100% a concern. Um, and it kind of leads into, you know, uh, something I'm writing about this weekend, something we've seen all season, something I talked to Jim Montgomery and some of the Bruins about earlier this week. It's the issues that they've had uh, six on five when uh, they are defending and the other team has pulled the goalie. Uh, they've allowed more goals uh, to other teams when they pull their goalie than anybody else this season. And I know they've been in that um, situation more than anybody else as far as minutes go. And I think situationally, uh, there was one team, I forget who it was, who had been in more instances where the other team had pulled the goalie to for a six on five. But they were up among the league leaders in that as well. So they've been out on the ice protecting one goal leads quite a bit this year. But they've also allowed a lot of uh, those goals to tie the game. They have not scored a ton of empty net goals in those situations, even though they've been in that a lot. So you're talking about they have not had a ton of positive outcomes. Um, the Bruins have compared to other teams when, when they're in that situation defending uh, with the goalie pulled. You know, and so, Jim Montgomery attributed some of it to, you know, inexperienced forwards in those positions for the first time where they'd always had Patrice Bergeron in the past, obviously always in that situation at the end. Uh, and they've got a couple of experienced guys that have been there before and Coyle and, and Marshan. Uh, but other than that, they have a lot of players they're trying out protecting leads late in the games in the third period that haven't done it before. And there's going to be some ups and downs there. And certainly uh, if you don't have a guy like Patrice Bergeron on faceoffs that can automatically, you know, or almost automatically win the faceoff, that helps you quite a bit in those situations in your own end when you're taking faceoffs in those situations. But I think it also speaks to the defenseman in front of the net uh, and them, you know, not necessarily being able, uh, not being as mean and nasty as they need to be at times when they're protecting those leads. And I think some of it falls on the, the defenders you know, not clearing bodies and not doing whatever it takes to keep the puck out of the net at the end. You know, I, I think that was actually uh, the day before um, this game against Buffalo, the Bruins had a practice and Montgomery mentioned it after the game last night where he didn't like what he saw at practice uh, the day before. And I remember hearing him yelling and screaming during practice and stopping drills and really demonstratively showing the defensemen how to clear bodies from the front of the net lift up sticks and do whatever you need to do to make sure like that yeah. area is clear. And it's, he knows obviously watching that, that that's a problem. Uh, my question to you, Steve is um, we've talked so much about needing a center because Bergeron and Krejci retired and trading for a center, acquiring a center, you know, all that. Are we looking at a team in the Bruins that need a defenseman that need a, a, a mean, nasty, big defenseman, clearing bodies in front of the net and and that can, you know, take control of those situations at the end of games where it's been an issue, you know, that the Bruins, Bruins fans were spoiled. They had Zidane Ochara for a long, long, long time. That was that guy in front of the net that was making sure those kind of, you know, those pucks didn't go in and making sure they were protecting those one goal leads. And obviously there's not another Zidane Ochara out there, but do they need sort of a mean, nasty defenseman to add to this group? It's a good question. Um, uh, 
full strength. I'm not sure they they do need that guy, but right now when you you're looking at life without Forbit for the next month, and and who knows if they're gonna be missing uh, McAvoy, uh, you would think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zadorov got traded. Zadorov, yeah, I, I pronounce, mispronounce his name all the time. Yes. Um, got traded for for draft picks inside uh, Calgary's division, division. So you kind of, you know, y- you can gather what Calgary thought of, uh, of him uh, to, to trade him for not much return in. Uh, Somebody they're going to be playing the, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Within the division. Um, so did they miss out on him? Eh, right now it may seem like it, but I'm not sure over the long haul that they did. Um yeah, yeah. Could you use that guy? Sure. We, where are you going to get him? Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, there's there's a few names out there potentially, right? Like, uh, I know they'd been interested in Jacob Middleton in the past. He's a guy that you know, yeah. if, if Minnesota's not going anywhere, maybe. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, part of me would love to see the Bruins get a, like a Radko Gudis type of defenseman, even though he's you know. He's a bit of a cheap shot artist and he's been a villain sort of in Bruins fans' minds before, but I, I think he's also the kind of guy that the other team is concerned about and kind of intimidates uh, the other team. And I remember him going at it with Martian during that playoff series last year and kind of setting a tone early in that series. And I just don't know that they have guys like that or a guy like that. And I think they could use that uh, on the back end, even if they have to, you know, mix around their personnel and, and somebody doesn't, end up playing anymore becomes, you know, a surplus. Uh, I think they could use a player like that. Dupes, um, you're coming in midstream, Boston Globes, Kevin Paul Dupont. Thanks for joining us. Do you think that the Bruins need to add an uh, element of nastiness to their back end that they don't necessarily have right now? Yeah, no question. No question. And first of all, my apologies for uh, coming in late here. Tuca's fault. Hashtag Tuca's <laughs> fault. Let's just say that. Tuca the emergency goaltender's fault. Yes. And I, I want to know in the in the first few minutes that I missed here, Conroy being in the car, was he singing songs too? Was that was that? Part of- <laughs> there, there was no carpool karaoke from Steve Conroy. Unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe next time. Oh yeah, no question. You mentioned Z, but I, I also mentioned McQuaid and Seidenberg and yeah and uh, and Boychuk and and you know let's not forget Connor Clifton. You know Cliffy back there. Yeah, we America. talked about him earlier. He had a great game last night. He showed what yeah. exactly what they're missing. Right. And he, and frankly, Buffalo has been missing that from Clifton. So it was good to see him, him getting in the mix, but yeah, they they do need snarl. And, and it's, it's a very, you know, it's a skilled unit. It's defined by Lindholm and McAvoy. It's a skilled unit. We know McAvoy can do that, but you don't want him doing that because, you know, not that last night is an example of it, but you know, he might've gotten hurt. He did get hurt last night. We don't know to what extent, but yeah, they need some, they need some muscle back there and 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 not muscle in the sense of going out and pounding guys. You mentioned Gudas. Good, he's a he's a perfect example of, of the t- kind of guy you want. So uh, but it's you know, they haven't designed it that way. They've thinned that out front to back for a number of years now. And uh, you know, I think right now you're seeing seeing the consequence of that. Now, that said, easier to add that element, not that it's not that it's a layup easier to add that element than their other big uh, missing piece here which is a which is a de- defined legit number one center and yep. and you know 
thinking they can shop for that now, I think is is a fool's errand. But I think they can add, you can always add more grit. The, the, the factor is here, whether it's up front or in back, you're going to give up some skill. Yeah. And we talked about this a little earlier, Dupes. Just uh, if this is indeed, you know, something, I mean, I, let's, let's just be honest. Uh, when you see McAvoy get hit in the face with an elbow and go out of the game and it's an upper body injury, the first thing you think of is a concussion. Uh, you hope that that's not what it is. Uh, but it, if it is something like that, it's, you know, things, an injury, unfortunately, McAvoy has dealt with before. If it turns into a, some kind of an injury where he misses, you know, a few weeks, a month, how much trouble are the Bruins in, given how important he's been to this team and how important he is to this team, uh, given the rest of their personnel and, and the minutes he plays and, and the role that he plays? Steve? Uh, Steve, no, Steve, go ahead, Kevin. Steve already covered it, dupes. Go jump right in. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it points off for tardiness again. Uh, yeah, no. Sure your parents yeah. sign the tardy slip and bring it back, dupes. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there, there's no plugging in for him in terms of skill level. I will say early on last night, uh, he took a shot, a wrist shot. You know, he, he got rid of a wrist shot really quickly, ended up hitting the left post. And I, I, when I saw it, I said, geez, it's almost a surprise when he shoots. And, and that's, that to me is where he, he, you know, this is, this is a subtext, I guess he's got to up that, that part of his game. He's got to be more, more willing to get it off. And I understand there's a million parts to that, you know, and, and he is inclined most to pass. Uh, but yeah, no, they'd be in, they'd be in big trouble here if he's, he's going to big trouble, uh, defined that they'd slip back let's face it they've clinched a playoff spot and that very much may be why we've seen this slump of late yeah definitely and yeah you're right I think they they did the hard work getting out to such a big lead and uh yeah. making sure that by Thanksgiving they were very much in a playoff spot all that stuff but and, it, by, and by human nature they know what happened last year right they say right they went out here and banged it out like no one's ever banged it out, and then it folded up. So I think I think all of that is in the psychological complacency department. Yeah, uh, interesting to see the despite the record, despite where they are in the standings, continued frustration from Jim Montgomery with this team when they do go through these stretches. You know, calling out the lack of uh, life and energy on the team last night. He was very vocal. You could hear him from upstairs at Warrior a couple of days ago during practice, demonstratively, you know, yelling at his team and and, and instructions and uh, you know scolding them. Um, is that something to watch? Just how frustrated Jim Montgomery uh, is getting with this team, um, despite the record and despite the success that they've had this year, Steve. Uh, well, I mean, that's his job, right? You know, and I'm sure he's hearing that that frustration from above. Yeah. Um, but I think Montgomery sees the record that they have, which is still pretty lofty and sees the expectations that go along with that record and realize he, that team isn't that good, you know, uh, right. and he's going to, he's going to have a hard time living up to those expectations, you know, come April, you know, if he doesn't get cer certain things in order. Whether he has the personnel to get those things in order, eh, I'm not so sure. Um, what he's the job he's done so far 
you know, through December 8th right now has been, you know, pretty notable. I think he's not going to win the Jack Adams again, but uh, you know, he's, he's done a hell of a job. I think. No, I think so too. I honestly think he's done a better job this year than he did last year, just as far as getting more out of the team uh, potentially that what he had than what he has on the roster. But like, I, I kind of think of it as, you know, trying to get blood from a stone at a certain point where if you've already, you know, if you've coaxed this much success out of them at this point and you're still like really going at them hard and driving them hard, is there a certain point where, you know, the message starts to get lost uh, when the players look at the record and they look what they've done and, you know, there becomes like a, a sort of difference of opinion there between the players and the coach. Dupes, do you think there's anything notable about how hard driving uh, Montgomery has been this year uh, as opposed to last year with this team, especially with the results being pretty good? Well, they never had to go to that gas pedal last year, right? Emotional no. gas pedal because <laughs> all they did was win. So it's kind of been awkward to see him try to show that muscle, you know, and by muscle, I mean the sort of that, that approach to them. So I don't know if they're hearing it. I don't know if they don't buy it, uh, but I haven't seen by him being stern that they've had, they've had that, uh, that emotional lift. So again, that may be a measure that they just don't have it. Right. Right. I don't know whether it's no. he's trying to develop it or they don't have it. I personally, I don't think they're wired that way. I don't, I don't see that there's anybody, you know, there's no, not, not that he'd be the cure to this, but there's no Sean Thornton here. No. Who's going to just step in at the moment and be that emotional spark plug, uh, go out and try to ragdoll somebody. <laughs> that ain't happening. That just, they just, they just don't have it. So the, the other, the other thing, co-element here what what might have sort of given them this lift was you know every we were many of us were excited at the start that okay this is going to be Patra and Beecher well you know what they're not doing it uh Beecher Beecher frankly is is among their lead hitters think of that for a second right guy in your fourth line who's not built that way he's right there at the top for hitting so uh, there's, there's no, there's no, at least so far, there's been no big lift from the kids that I think was sort of the anticipation here. Not only might Patra step in and be, a, be, I, I didn't, I didn't see him stepping into the top six, but might he be that kid who could challenge that? He has stepped back. Beecher, Beecher looks to me, you know, I, I felt this way at MSG last weekend. Beecher's got the speed and build to be Kreider, right? He's, he's or Eichel, yeah. I, when I watched him skate, I thought of Eichel. Same thing, just that long, powerful stride. He just, yeah. he, he, I feel like when I watch him, though, I see Daniel Paye, not necessarily the way he skates, but just the the speed, the aggressiveness he plays with, puts him in all kinds of great offensive positions. But he just doesn't have the hands and the ability to finish yeah. a lot of the plays that he, you know, he can put himself into by virtue of his speed and the in the way that he skates and everything else. You know, I just don't know that he's got the hands or the offensive finishing ability around the net that guys like Kreider and Eichel do, unfortunately, which, you know, turns him into a fourth line center, at least to start in the NHL. Yeah. And it's, and it's yeah, not he, fair he's... to go, go say guy, guy looks like similar body build. There's a million personalities in the game, but boy, yeah. if he could, and, and maybe, Hey, maybe we do this podcast in three years from now 
uh, and he's he has developed that. They have given him the opportunity to play on PP one, and he does have some hands. Right now, we haven't seen that. He's never he's never showed that he's had had those hands at any level, really. No, correct. You know, so no. so you kind of kind of hoping for something that's never come come to the fore. Right, but yeah. again, yeah, absolutely right. But that's that's the reason. That's the reason they 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 take a shot at him in the first round, right? That that yeah. if, if you've got that build and you've got those legs, that maybe that gets teased out. I don't know. It, it as as we know, a lot of times these kids are defined by their uh, genetic wiring. They're defined, you know, at age 16, 17, 18. Not not a lot of guys come into the league as two thirty hitters and end up being three fifty hitters. Yeah, no, yeah I mean he's a, he, he's an NHL player. I you know, yep. Bottom six. He's a bottom six guy, and there's there's no shame in that. Um, but you, you just you can't you can't wait around hoping he's going to develop into a twenty goal scorer because I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, no, exactly what I was saying about Brad Marchand, right? <laughs> but he scored. He's he the other one I got at, right at all different levels. He scored at all different <laughs> he, levels. He did. He when he yeah when he was in junior he was a big time scorer and the expectation was he might be able to do that at the NHL level. You know Beecher, like I, I you don't necessarily draft guys in the fourth round that you project to be fourth line centers uh, in, in the first round. That's not usually the way it goes. And the same I felt the same way about when they drafted Trent Frederick in the third in the first round. You don't really draft guys you project as third line centers in the first round in my mind anyway you take a shot on players that might have a higher ceiling but you, you always felt like watching Beecher in college at Michigan that given his build the way that he skated he was more of a pro uh, player the pro game was going to be a better fit for him than college was anyway and, and I think we're seeing that that's the case you know if, if they get a guy that you know can be a bottom six center and be uh, capable every once in a while of flashing and and plays physical and wins face-offs like that's you know that's a good serviceable player for them do have factor meals uh to help us out america's number one ready to eat meal kit when it does get busy when it does get crazy when we do need a, a quick meal uh they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door takes less than two minutes to cook them they're fresh never frozen meals ready in two minutes like i said uh, they have calorie conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic, filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's, it's, it's a great deal. Um, so if you want to get factor meals, uh, go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to, to make meal kits, especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We talked a little bit earlier about Patra and him getting scratched last night. Dupes, this is something you expect to see uh, intermittently throughout the season uh, in a load dreaded load management kind of uh, kind of thing here uh, to give him a look upstairs and also give him a, a, a chance to hit the refresh button a little bit. Yeah, I, I, frankly, I don't necessarily think he's a guy who has to go look at it for me. I think he sees the game quite well. Yeah. Uh, and again, just from you know, body build, age, all of it. I think, I think we'll, we'll see more of this. He, he, he remains eligible, of course, for world junior. Uh, he's, he's still eligible to go back to his regular junior team. All I would that. love to see them by the way. And I've said this a few times, I would love to see them let him go play for team Canada, at the world juniors. Like, I know they probably won't do that because they, you know, I felt like they missed him, frankly, last night in his puck possession, his offensive ability on the ice against the Sabres when they did sit him. And it's, that's a reflection on, you know, their forwards in the group that they have and, you know, his talent, frankly. Um, but I think, honestly, it might be the best thing for him developmentally and for, you know, what you're going to get out of him come yeah. playoff time and late in the season if you allowed him to go with team Canada for a month and let him play in this tournament uh, and then have him come back and just make do with what you have uh, in the meantime, while he's gone. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think it actually would benefit both parties here. Yeah. The, the, the trick to that, the, the added, tr- I, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, as I was looking at the schedule for, for the Canadian team and the Bruins team, it's the, the tough part is going over to Europe to play the tournament in Sweden give up the games here, come back. I think as they come back, they go right on that, uh, a long roadie uh, to Vegas and Arizona, Colorado, St. Louis, if I got the teams right. So, you know, yes. And emotionally, you know, I I think it'd be a hell of a lot easier if, if the uh, tournament was in Halifax, the fact it's overseas and all of it, 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 you know, you're, you're looking to give the kid a mental blow in the end. It may be a negative. Absolutely. Um, all right. Twitter question of the week. Um, uh, dupes. I think you're going to like this one, Steve. I think you will too, but dupes is always the, you know, uh, after uh, asking the coach after the game, after a bad loss, if there's any, uh, any, uh, troops down in Providence that are going to be able to come up and uh, switch out here. Uh, even though that doesn't happen as much anymore. Uh, Kip Wingerter asks, uh, time for some changes. Move out Geeky and bring up Mark McLaughlin or Georgie, Georgie Merkulov. Uh, move out Grizzlick for Lowry or Ashan. And I, I hate to break it to Kip that Jack Ashan is no longer on the Bruins organization. Uh, but, you know, somebody else, I guess, he wants uh, from Providence, not Jack Ashan. Also need a big, tough defenseman. Crap the big get, bed on getting Nikita Zadorov. He would have really helped. Grr. Um, dupes is there is there anybody in providence that you think uh could help this team as far as reinforcements go well i could make a case for all the names he's brought other than nishan of course I, all, all the names he's brought up there yeah um, I, I the only one i i suppose the only place i would disagree is on the geeky thing i think 
I think Geeky can really be a player. I, yeah. I, 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 at the moment, I'd be forced, not force feeding him, but but using him the way they, en- they envisioned, which was as last night as a center. Get him in there, get his legs going, you know, get, get see a little bit, a little bit of success brings more. But sure, you know, you can make a case for Lizell, you can make a case for McLaughlin, all of them. Um, but as as you as you uh, foreshadowed there, it's just it's just a far more difficult exercise now because of the money and the cap and all that maneuvering. Yeah, and and in uh, you know. In all due diligence, we did have Mark Diver on earlier this week who watches the Providence Bruins quite a bit. Yep. And some of these guys just aren't meriting call-ups right now either. I guess uh, Merkulov's been struggling quite a bit. Um, you know, not as productive as last year. I think he's a minus player down there right now. So he's not – some of the shine has come off him this year as he's focusing on trying to be a two-way player. Uh, I think Lysel has had a lot of ups and downs. Mark McLaughlin is definitely settling into like a bottom six reinforcement potentially, but not somebody that's going to, you know, really bring anything offensively. And Lowry, frankly, didn't, I guess, did not play great when he went back down either. Was certainly not, you know, a dominant defenseman by any means. Um, but uh, Steve, is there anybody you see in, in Providence, uh, you know, that, that could get a call at some point uh, if, you know, if they went into an extended spell like this where they needed a wake-up call. Yeah, the idea of it is more enticing than the reality of it, I, I think. It's, uh, I mean, the Farinacci kid, I guess, is having yeah. a, a decent season. Yep. Uh, so maybe you could take a look at him. He's a little bit older yep. uh, than some of the prospects, so maybe he's more ready um but yeah if 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 that's the way they're they're looking to improve the team uh, i'm not sure if anything down in providence is going to get you over the top no i don't think so either i think those those days have come and gone but i still appreciate that dupes asked that question uh after a tough <laughs> one sometimes whether there's reinforcement you're gonna bring the kids up you're gonna bring the kids up <laughs> What about a sniper? <laughs> that already snipers down in Providence at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Actually, the up. best the, the best body they have in Providence is the one they had up last night, and that's Bussy, the one they don't need. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, Dupes, Steve Conroy, thank you very much for joining us today on the Pucks with Hags podcast. We always appreciate it. Uh, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsors, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, dietitian approved calorie smart meals. Uh, around or less than 550 calories per serving, ready in two minutes in the microwave. Delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. And FanDuel Sportsbook, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Just download the app. Very easy to use. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season, right? Or kick off the NFL playoffs coming up soon. Uh, Dupes, Steve Conroy, thank you very much. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks. All right, lads. Take care, guys. And thank you for listening. We'll see you at the ring.